Welcome to Liz Collin Reports. On the podcast, a courageous young person who has gone public to say she has been victimized by healthcare providers. A bill debated at the Capitol would allow Minnesota to take emergency custody of children with gender dysphoria if their parents do not consent to so-called gender affirmation health care. Freesha Mosley joins me from Michigan to share what she went through and her critical message to Minnesotans. Prisha, thank you so much for coming forward. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I definitely want to share the truth. And, and the truth really is, Prisha, that you've been through so much uh, in 25 years. And, and, you know, we've had a chance to, to talk before. And as I said, really do applaud you uh, for telling your story and for being so open and honest. But you were a young teenager uh, when this transitioning really came on, on your radar. Uh, but it, this really started as a mental health issue. Just, just explain uh, how this all began for you. I was already very mentally ill when uh, the trans community found me and um, started telling me that all of my symptoms were because I was born in the wrong body. But um, I had a pre-existing diagnosis of borderline personality disorder and anorexia nervosa. And I got the borderline personality disorder diagnosis by having like a myriad of other diagnoses, like about a dozen. Um, so it, it was really bad. And, um, you know, my parents were very scared because I had already attempted suicide by this time. And, um, that was used as proof that they weren't affirming me enough. So you're 13, 14, 15 at the time. Yeah. My mental health started declining pretty much as soon as puberty hit and, um, my body started changing and I started becoming more aware of my surroundings, I guess. And you said, you know, that this community found you, but it is the internet um, that you're plugging into this trans community and this push to sort of normalize uh, all of this. And you've talked about that before, that this overwhelming love you feel uh, immediately from from that community. Yes. So the term is love bombing and it's actually used. It's a tactic used by cults. Um and it's where they shower you with love and affection in a way that you become dependent on it. And um, then they can use it to have control over you because you need it. And there's this community kind of feeding off these feelings of insecurity that I feel are very normal uh, for that age. I don't think most teenagers like their bodies uh, or at least feel self-conscious about things. Uh, but there are these communities say, you know, oh, it's because you want to be a man or a woman. And that will solve it. And in your mind, uh, that's what that's what you thought, too, that if I were a man, uh, this wouldn't be an issue. Oh, yeah. I mean, we literally have a, an affirmation only model um, and it's really reflected in the community community. Like literally everything I went through was a sign that I was a boy or trans. And I really find shocking how easy it was for you, Prisha, to mm -hmm. find uh, treatment. It was literally one one appointment, but ju just t take us back to that and, and how easy uh, that was, because I think that is just so eye-opening uh, for parents and for people to hear. So at first, I wasn't quite sure what I needed to do, and people online told me I needed what was called a letter of recommendation. So I went on Google, and I found the first person offering letters of recommendation just pretty much selling them. Um, and I made one appointment, it was about 15 minutes, and I got asked very leading questions like, are you a boy? 
<laughs> do you hate your period? Um, do you have a hard time getting along with other girls? And, you know, the answer to all of that was yes. And she was like, yeah, you're a boy. And um, the letter of recommendation was already sitting on her computer typed up when I walked in. And in minutes, she was writing my name. And this is when you start on testosterone. Is that right? Yes. And then at 18, you have top surgery. And you're also given, a, you're, you put that surgery on a, a medical credit card. Um, and you can't use your arms for, for some, uh, length of time or as far as lifting anything up and you lose your job as a result, but it, this really kind of starts a, a spiral for you, doesn't it? Oh yeah. It was all very hard. I mean, you know, I, I've used the phrase before chasing the dragon, um, and the high of getting the testosterone, the, the literal high that the drug causes had worn off. Um, and so I needed the next thing, which was top surgery and, you know, the high wasn't even as big as the first time, um, you know, as getting the hormones and, you know, then it started falling apart and, you know, it was like damage control and wondering what next thing I needed. And this all goes on for, for years and you're continuing to, to struggle mentally, but, but talk about that. What was it for you that made you finally realize, Precia, that this, that this wasn't the answer, that you didn't want to try, uh, to be a man, uh, anymore? So, um, it was kind of a two part series for me. Um, first I got into dialectical behavioral therapy, which is the treatment for borderline and, um, trauma therapy. And I healed my childhood trauma and I realized that I didn't need to be a different person to escape it. I just needed to heal it and face it. Um, so I quit testosterone in secret, cold turkey. Um, and then about a year ago, I, got a boyfriend who has a daughter and she clocked me as a woman, even though like I wasn't shaving my face or anything. And, um, I was like, that's it. Like I, you know, I, I can't keep doing this. Wow. And how did the trans community treat you when you made that decision? Appreciate this is again, the same community that, you know, you talked about these love bombs and they provided so much love and acceptance before. Yeah. They hate me. Um, most of them, or about half of them, try to pretend I don't exist and just push my voice down. And the other half just adamantly fights against me. Like, they, uh, I, I just testified on a bill and I got a lot of comments on it saying, like, you know, thanks for killing 1.6 million kids. Showers and gas chambers are coming next because of you. Um, I, I hear horrible things like this, like, every single day. You shared your story uh, months ago in a video diary on YouTube, but it, it is quite emotional uh, to watch. It's been viewed thousands of times. Uh, we'll listen to a clip of that now. I was told that I was being given a cure and I, I wouldn't want to kill myself anymore. Um, and it wasn't true. <laughs> What's it been like for you uh, to be out there, to be honest, uh, to call out these institutions that allowed you to make these life-altering decisions at such a young age when you admit that you were not well yourself and you weren't in your right mind uh, to be making uh, those decisions? Um, it's very frightening, but the only thing that's more frightening is this happening to more people. Like, that's way more horrifying. So I, I can face anything when I imagine stopping that. Um, and I also am trying to, like, I have really gross muck in my life. Like, this is really gross, dirty stuff, but I'm trying to turn that into fertilizer and grow flowers. That's, that's how I think of it. 
And you've been open also about the physical toll this has taken, which I think is also something people uh, need to realize. You took testosterone for years. You know, you talked about this top surgery. Surgery. Will you ever be able to have children, um, you know, after this so-called treatment uh, that you went through so early on in life? Um, I simply don't know. Um, no doctor is able to tell me. They just, they won't tell me anything if I can even get them to talk to me. Um, they, they have no answers. Um, but I suspect not, um, just because nothing is normal with my cycle or anything like that. Um, and you know, they, they also injected testosterone into my anorexic body. Like I hadn't had a period for years anyway from not eating. Uh, so who knows? And that's why you say you don't blame your parents. They're trying to, to get you help and, and make you well, but it it's these doctors uh, that you think should know better. Yeah, absolutely. Even if just saying we don't have information like they're doing to me now, you know, I don't understand why now they're like, we don't want to treat you like a guinea pig. But back then when I wanted things that would get the money, it was okay. You have a powerful uh, part that you've said before, but you said that you made the decision not to be a woman before you even knew what being a woman was like. Yeah, I mean, and that's true for all of these young trans people. You know, I I don't really think kids have too much of a gender. Like, there's no place for sexuality or a place for gender in their society. You know, and I I just looked at a pornified version of what a woman was supposed to be because that was presented to me so often. And I thought that was my birthright. And that's why you said the focus needs to be on fixing their brains, not their bodies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is your thought, Precia? So here in Minnesota, um, I know you've been doing work uh, across the country, but there's uh, this bill in the House uh, that not only would allow the state to take emergency custody of children with gender dysphoria if their parents are against gender affirmation health care, uh, but it would also allow minors to travel to Minnesota to receive to receive these treatments without parental consent, which I think is is absolutely frightening. But what is your message to lawmakers uh, c- considering this uh, from someone who, who's lived it, who's still living the consequences of this, you know, so-called care? Oh, God, that horrifies me to my core. Um, you know, parents have never had the right to abuse or mutilate or sterilize their children. And now they're being forced to. Um, it's, it's horrific. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how, what choice I would make, you know, you know, they, they really play up the, the dead child or trans child thing. And there's so much manipulation and blackmailing going on. These parents need someone on their side, not more people against them. Well, I know the parents are, are happy that, that you're on their side, uh, Prisha. We thank you so much for, for sharing your story, and we hope you'll continue to, to get it out there and, and speak up. Thank you. Prisha Mosley, again, thank you for joining me. And that will do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. Click the subscribe button for Alpha News. We'll see you next time. Music.